Welcome to a special edition of The You. Normally a weekly newsletter about varsity cross country and track in Canada, but this time it's being turned into a podcast form. My name is Alex Sear, and because it's the U Sports Cross Country Championship coming up this weekend, I reached out to two athletes competing on Saturday. First is Brandon McDougall, who is one of the top contenders and runs for the Queen's Gales. She talks about her pre-race strategy, how it feels to be followed by Spotlight 24-7, and what it's like to face, once again, a familiar foe. Then, we talk to Josh Martin from the University of Windsor. He is a leader on rebuilding Lancer's team. One of the best cross-country programs of the last decade went through a year of loss. Last year, they had no men's or women's team at the sport championship. And in April, just as both young teams were gaining momentum, disaster struck during an Oregon training camp. The team's head coach, Gary Malloy, had suddenly passed away. This year, in the absence of their long-standing coach, the team made ends meet and now rank 7th going into the championship. Martin himself placed 10th at OUAs. So, without further ado, we catch up with Bran and Josh. I am here with Queen's Gale, Branna McDougall, 4th year of eligibility, 3rd year with the Queen's Gales. Branna, thank you for coming on. It must be a pretty busy week for you, getting ready for U Sports in three days, waiting for teams to invade Kingston, uh, your home, Fort Henry, your course. Let me know how many times, on estimation, how many times have you run the Fort Henry course in your life? <laughs> um, well, I've been running that course every single day, basically, since August. So <laughs> that tells you something. Um, but yeah, I've been racing on that course since I was like grade two. So it has been a long, long time. <laughs> I don't know. This has got to be, I've gone, had to have gone up there like hundreds and hundreds of times, like so many. Oh my <laughs> God. Yeah. So you must be pretty used. You could probably run it with your eyes closed at this point. Yeah. 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 <sighs> So it must be a pretty common thing for, for people from Kingston to run the course. Usually you get there in the morning at U Sports and you see Coach Steve Boyd running. Um, I wrote about Clive Morgan running barefoot. I think I've only seen him do that once. Does he, us mm -hmm. is, does he always do that? Is he always running barefoot on that course? Um, sometimes. Like, I run at workouts, like, he kind of varies. I've seen him run barefoot, like, a lot. But um, I've also seen him, like, in like pretty minimal shoes, but yeah, it's either barefoot or like really minimalist shoes. <laughs> and with the footing on Fort Henry, that must be tough. So usually yeah. people get there and by the race, uh, race time, it gets pretty muddy. And that's probably oh, yeah. going to be quite true this year because I think yeah. uh, Kingston's yeah. hosting a few big races before the U Sport Championship, which is kind of novelty. There's always been like a 5K community race type yeah, thing, but yeah, this yeah, year yeah. it's kind of going up a notch. There's a tracky page for it, I think. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, yeah. They're hosting like, um, I think, the like the community 5K race as well as a 2K kind of elementary school race. So, yeah, there'll be, and then there might be another one. I'm not sure, but there's a few, there'll be a few races before the women go off. Mm-hmm. 
So will you be out on the course watching or you will you be coming uh, out of, of home at last minute? What's your yeah. thing on race day? <laughs> probably, yeah, I probably will not be watching those. Um, we'll, I'll kind of go up, our team will go up a little bit later. Um, just kind of, yeah, I stay warm for as long as possible and then mm-hmm. <laughs> go out to the course. <laughs> right. So you're kind of in an interesting situation. So you are from Kingston, like you said, mm-hmm. you run Fort Henry a whole bunch. Um, you're one of the top contenders this year. And if anyone's been following the Canadian running scene, they know very well that there are usually two McDougals out in the front, yourself and yeah. your younger sister, Brogan. Yeah. And so... Do you both, are you both living together or are you kind of both off in your own dorms? Uh, we're actually, yeah, we're both living together. So it's just um, me and Brogan right now. And we have an apartment downtown by the on campus. So we are living together. You are. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. See, I remember in my undergrad, I lived with five other runners at St. FX. And on race mornings, things would get pretty intense. Be One guy just making oatmeal, not talking to anyone. One guy <laughs> probably oversleep. Everyone kind of had their thing. Do you guys talk in the morning? Yeah, for sure. Um, Brogan is much more, she's a much more relaxed person than I am. So she'll like, be kind of doing her thing all the way up to the race. But um yeah we definitely we'll definitely talk the morning hub we don't take it too so intensely that we like can't speak to each other so we'll definitely we'll be pretty nervous um I'm sure there'll be a little bit there'll probably be a few moments of heightened anxiety but for the most part we're pretty good with each other on race day right and you must be pretty familiar with running together I'm guessing you do most of your workouts together at this point yeah 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 pretty much everything together Mm -hmm. So co- training under coach Steve Boyd, um, last year it was, uh, both coach Steve and coach Brandt. And, uh, mm-hmm. as we know, coach Brandt is now gone to, to UBC, um, yeah. but still under coach Steve. And also I believe, um, a few different coaches coming to Kingston, uh, yeah. is it coach Leslie Sexton and Steve Weiler. Yeah. Yep. Have they, yeah. have have they arrived to Kingston already? Um, Steve Weiler has been here this year. Leslie has not been um, here this season yet. But, yeah, but Steve has been, yeah, fully involved in the team this season so far. And it's been really great to have him. So, yeah. So with two cold coach Steves, <laughs> does, Bo- yeah. does Boyd become Coach Oldster? Um, sometimes I refer to him as old. Sir. I think I'm the only one on the team that does that. <laughs> Probably because I'm the only one on the team that is a long-term tracking reader. But, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think he go. we call um, Steve Weiler Weiler most of the time. So that is kind of differentiates between them. But <laughs> so you're p- perhaps you're one of the only ones bold enough to do it. Of course, we know probably, that yeah. <laughs> with with you and, and Coach Boyd uh, seems to be a, a pretty great uh, relationship. We'll give a bit oh, of background because yeah. I remember I think we met a couple years ago and we did a, an article with you. Um, you were just coming right back from uh, the NCAA. It was yes, I- yes, Iowa, yes. I believe. Yeah, yeah, Iowa State. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. this was 2017, and you kind of took the the U sports scene by storm. Some people, I think, remembered your name from high school, but then mm-hmm. they kind of did like many people do and disappeared for a year to the NCAA, and then sometimes people come back to Canada. Sometimes they yeah. stay there. So um, a year away, and you're back, and and you win the OUAs that year, third mm-hmm. at the U sport championship, um, yeah. and. 
I think we, we talked that year, and of course, you enjoyed your your um, time in U Sports more. Things clicked better, but now you're two years removed from that, and you're a pretty experienced U Sports runner as well as an mm-hmm. experienced NCAA runner. So, before getting into more specifics about this weekend, what's your perspective on on the difference between um, Canadian university sport and American sport now that you've experienced both? Yeah, I think. Um, at the end of the day, there are so many advantages and disadvantages to both systems. And I think kind of any athlete needs to recognize it. No system is perfect. There's no one perfect program. Uh, but you have to choose the program that you think is going to be kind of most perfect for you. Um, the, yeah, I find, so the American system has a ton of benefits with just like, all their resources that are accessible to them, like uh, the races that the athletes can get to. Um, there's a ton of advantages to it. And if American, regardless, it's like it's a free education. So if you can, if you're on full scholarship, so it's an amazing opportunity. And, um, but, and then there are some huge advantages to the Canadian system as well. For me, I'm a pretty big homebody. So I love being close to my family and I love being like, um, to have that kind of built-in support system, that's been great. I think also getting to pick and choose my races a bit more, not having to do an indoor season is really great as well for me. Um, I've loved, like, I mean, I'm like the American system has great academics, obviously, um, but I love the Canadian engineering system as well. Um, I've had, like, nothing but an incredible experience doing engineering at Queen's. And then I think, but I think, yeah, I think, again, there's so many, both systems have negatives and positives. I think the Canadian system, the, I think the difference is the depth is not quite as good as the American system. So you can learn a little more maybe about racing doing the American system, but I think our top end is incredible in sports right now. So um, yeah, that's a huge benefit. And obviously there have been amazing athletes that have come through both systems. So at the end of the day, I think you have to choose what you think is going to work best for you. Um, leaving out kind of like trying not to get stuck on like the getting starstruck by any one of the two systems, but choosing what's best for you. And that, that top end that you mentioned, uh, you come to this year, you are, easily a part of, of that top end. And mm-hmm. I think people have been following the, the OUA and, and as well as the other conferences, yep. Uh, yep. they've seen that uh, I think there's a bit of a different trend between the, the men and the women, the, the men, um, the race kind of announces itself as a 15, 20 horse race without, which I'm yeah. guessing there's not going to be much of a breakaway too early no. on until the end. Probably kind not. Of, yeah. <laughs> kind of like we saw last year. And then yeah. with the women, I think it would be a, pretty fair to predict um you know a bit of a smaller pack in front so I don't yeah ways. i think that's fair to predict <laughs> yeah yeah so with yourself yeah. uh your sister brogan and lucia stafford uh going one two three at the oua championship mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh do you anticipate something similar this weekend i would love for that to happen but um again i don't ever want to like be surprised by somebody else being up there like I think you have to part of if you're not expecting someone else to be up there, you're kind of getting a little cocky. So um, 
my I'm just trying to say, okay, this is yeah, anybody can rise to the occasion. Cross country is an interesting sport in that the race isn't run until like you really it's hard to make really certain predictions on it because so many things go whack in cross country. But um yeah, so I'm not I'm not gonna let myself be if somebody else is up there be, oh my gosh, what's going on? Like I'm respecting everybody that's in that race. Uh and yeah, hoping that just if I run my own race, I'll get the best result I can. But knowing that the this is a really good field and it probably I'm not I'm not expecting it to just be us three. I'm preparing myself for there to be more people around me. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned unknowns and yeah, definitely. Cross country is a sport of, of many unknowns, one of which yeah. just happened a few weeks ago when Lucia Stafford uh, lined up at the OUA championship. Yeah. I yeah. thought many yeah. people didn't, re- weren't, I guess at least weren't really sure that she was going to run. Did you know yeah. from the start of the season or were you like, oh shit, here she is. This, this, yeah. this could be tougher. I kind of knew, I just prepared myself for her to run. Like Lucia and I are pretty good friends. So um, I knew she like if she had been was able to deal like with her if she got her thyroid and her Grace disease under control she would definitely um, was pretty sure she would be running so um, once I knew like she was healthy and that her like she had her thyroid was sorted out um, and she wasn't injured I knew she, I was pretty sure she would be running mm-hmm. yeah and then of course there. There's always a threat of uh, several uh, women from Laval to come up and uh, oh, yeah, challenge yeah, yeah. the field. Although we yeah. haven't really <laughs> seen that so far this year. Um, why do you think that is? Do you think they're they're kind of saving themselves for the big day or do they just not have it this year? <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I think they, Laval is, they are incredible championship racers. Um, Lucy and I were actually just talking about that at OUAs. It's like, you can underpredict them all season, but they're they always rise when it comes to youth sports. So I would not be surprised if they're right up there. Mm-hmm. And of course, Laval, there's uh, Anne Marie Comeau, who I think was is dabbling in the yeah. marathon yeah. now, and Aurélie Zbilavois, who's been uh, uh, at FISU as well. So no, yeah, yeah, uh, Jesse Lacourse uh, as well. We can keep naming them, and a lot of them oh, have yeah. great, great Catherine, credentials. Yeah. Yep. Catherine Beauchemin, who was, mm-hmm. she was third last year, I believe. So yeah, she was, yeah. yeah. it could be more of a pack that I'm leading on now. That, the more, the more <laughs> names that I'm mentioning, it, it could be. Mm-hmm. So right now, three days before, uh, do you kind of have a race plan in your mind? You don't have to say what it is. Yeah. You never know who's listening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually just met with Steve this morning and although much of this discussion was about equal distances, <laughs> we did come up with a race plan. Yeah. Steve, you're talking about equal distance. You're kidding me. <laughs> what a surprise. <laughs> Just send a shout out to Steve if he's watching. Hopefully we get, get to see him this, this uh, weekend. But uh, So then when you, when you decide a race plan, will Brogan be in the room as well? Or does Steve kind of um, get to talk to each of you individually about it? Yeah, this one was like um, I was on my own with him. So... I think we're both coming in with a little different race plans uh, for this one. So, um, yeah, they'll be separate. We both know what each other one, what the other one is doing. But, yeah, they for this meeting, it was just me and Steve. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, let's go to race day. What's a race morning look like for Brandon McDougal? <laughs> um, I'll probably wake up. Um, I don't know, probably around like eight-ish or something. 
and then probably just journal or something and then do my morning prayers and stuff and then go um yeah then just like uh I don't know eat some toast some peanut butter and banana and then do my hair and put on my get my race gear on and then just go (laughs) just go there's no is there a huge ritual to follow or no not really I mean I like it's just like a kind of standard like I just yeah I don't really have like a huge ritual I just like eat breakfast drink coffee (laughs) do my hair and then yeah get my stuff on and get out the door and you do some journaling what kind of journaling is it kind of a I just uh, like, goals? no, it's just like writing down, like it helps I find like when I get super anxious, like I just journal, just write my, what I'm feeling. And then it definitely has helped with like calming myself down before races when I tend to get in my head a little. <laughs> and I think mo- most people can um, perhaps understand on some level uh, a feeling that you may go through, but p- probably not probably not at the fullest um, people who will watch you and have been following you or any runner who usually finishes high up can understand that there's mm-hmm. probably a bit more pressure associated with running you sports when, you know, yeah. you're kind of expected to finish on the podium, but it's not everyone who's actually felt that for themselves. Is that something that, you know, you've, you've been able to handle well and get better at over the years because now it's been three years that you've been yeah, here and yeah. every race that you go to, you know, there's, I'm sure there's some kind of expectation. Yeah. 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 I think it's definitely something I, yeah, I've been handling better as I got older. Uh, when I was younger, I would get a, to be a bit of a wreck before races, but and not to say that like, I don't get pretty nervous. You can ask Steve, I can be a basket case beforehand. <laughs> thinking I'm sick like everything is going wrong but yeah I think it just like trying to get Steve said a good thing to me he was like every time you all like you're gonna zig just this time zags <laughs> instead of like being so anxious and getting myself worked up just trying something different and being like he said it, yeah the last year I was in not a great place at this point so this year is a already a ton better than that so um just there's a lot there can be a lot of pressure but just treating it as like this is a privilege and I'm so so lucky to have been healthy this year um and get to line up on the start line as a potential favorite so yeah it's just trying to view it more as a positive thing yeah and talking about positive things, I think the whole last year for, for the Queen's women was, mm-hmm. I think, a pretty positive experience. But by the end, um, perhaps the, the, the not the favorite team, but the yeah. the second team, I think Laval was perhaps ranked second or third last yeah, year, and they yeah, ended yeah, up yeah. taking the win. So yeah. was, was there a bit of sting left from there? Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. I, like, after that race, I think I was in the tent crying for about two hours. <laughs> it was a little, it was a, maybe a little dramatic, but <laughs> I just, that was a, that was a really hard, just especially individually when you don't feel like you performed your best, like for the team, when you didn't, when you feel like you didn't do your job. Um, that was really hard. Uh, that whole, yeah, that whole, that was a really hard thing. Actually one of the really hardest races for me to get over mentally. I was, seriously on the verge of not continuing the sport I was have it written in my training journal like I cannot do this anymore just 
I was so upset after that. And I think it was just mainly because I, well, I let myself down and I felt like, and then I felt like I just let the team down as well. Um, so that was really hard. And obviously they don't think that like the girls on the team don't feel like I let them down, but I felt like I did. So that was, that was a really like, that was hard. And it was hard. Yeah. It was hard to be second again. It was hard to have felt like this could have been prevented. Um, but yeah, it's just, you kind of move on. I can laugh about it now. So <laughs> uh, well, I mean, yeah. if, if you don't have a little crisis after a cross country race every now and then you're probably not doing it right. So. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> So then this year you're back, uh, the, the whole, most of the team is back yeah, again, yeah. you're the favorites. Um, and maybe tell me a bit about the rest of the team. So what, what we know is that of course there's yourself and there's Brogan. And then mm-hmm. we hear these stories about the, this runner who was a hockey player. And then this runner who, <laughs> yeah. who came for, who was a walk on and who, who yeah. are, who are these women who are going to score for yeah, Queens? They are, so we have. Our third runner is Kara Blair. It's a pretty cool story as well. She was a, in high school, she was a 400 hurdler, so not distance runner. She wouldn't run the, yeah, she didn't run the 800 in high school because she thought she was, that was too long for her. And she did the triple jump. She made offset or long jump, triple jump or long jump, but she made offset. And it was, so she did everything but run long distance in track. And then she came to Queens and she was on the track team. Um, she ran, she did like the 600, then slowly made her way up to the 800 and then started doing the 1500. And then all of a sudden last year, she got standard for a cross country team. So she came up to cross country and just took off like a clear, clearly she is a distance runner. Um, that's quite clear from her results in cross country, but yeah, just like slowly developed and just lighting it on fire now. Wow. And she was and fourth then, at OUAs, I believe. She was fourth at OUAs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And we have McKenna, who was a hockey player. Um, unfortunately, she got hurt. So she will not be running for us on mm. Saturday. But um, yeah, she was a hockey player and didn't start running until like two years ago. It's another cool story. And then we have like, yeah, the rest of our runners, um, Marley Beckett. She is running just, again, another person that's just slowly developed, like year by year, just getting, doing, putting in the work, getting a little better. And then this year just had a major breakthrough and was 11th at OUAs. She wasn't on our team in first year. So that was, it's a pretty cool story. Wow. And then like, yeah, for her fourth or fifth runner should be, or fifth runner should be Tori Buick, who is a rookie. So she's just, she was a pretty good runner in high school, but absolutely has just kind of one of the most like put together first years I've seen. She is very mature in the way she approaches racing. racing. She doesn't get like too in her own head or too wound up easily. So it's pretty cool to see a rookie be able to run how well she's running. So yeah, those are, those are our top five and top six. Um, and then we have a whole host of girls like right there, like Heidi Orling, Laura Yantha. They've just, they're ready. Like they could, yeah, they're running so well right now. So I think they could be a bit of a surprise to come race day, but yeah, a lot of cool stories on our team. <laughs> Good. Well, I remember um, doing a bit of an analysis of, of age and dominant teams and, and yeah, yeah, Queen, yeah, yeah. Queens was, uh, was on average 20 years old. So for a dominant team in, in U sports, that is pretty young. So yeah, definitely yeah. some good years ahead and, and oh, likely yeah. a good year this year. So yeah. last question I'll ask you is 
on U Sports Day on Saturday, what would be a success for Brenna? <laughs> um, if I can run the race, uh, like my race, I think that will be a success. If I go out there and run a race, I'm really proud of. Um, I don't want to sit back and let the race happen to me. I want to, I want to take control of it. I want to be, um, yeah, like one of the main. I want to be in control of this race. I don't want to just be one of those people that say, oh, it went out tactically. And so that's why I didn't do well. Like, well, if you're in the race, you can change it and you can make it happen. So if I go out there and like do everything I can that will maximize my position, I know how I can maximize my position. Like there's only one way I can really run this race that is going to give me the best shot at doing well. Um, and if I do that and then I'll be happy. Whatever happens from there happens, but I'm going to take my swing on it. And um, I think if I can do that, then I'm going to be, I'll walk away pretty happy with this race. Well, I definitely wish you that and wish you the best as well as all the Queens women. And uh, we'll see you out in Kingston. Awesome. Thank you. See you in Kingston. We are here with Josh Martin out of California Street at the University of Windsor. Josh, how are you? Good. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for Happy coming on. on. I know that mm-hmm. it's a busy week for you with CIS champion or the U Sport Championship. Sorry, I'm dating myself here. Um, coming up in just three days' time. When is uh, when are the Windsor Lancers heading to Kingston? Yeah, it's exciting. Uh, we're gonna head down uh, tomorrow afternoon. We're gonna. Um, jump on the bus and it's about a seven hour trip to to Kingston. Okay. And this year the Windsor uh, Lancers, the men's team has a full team, seven men um, on the line and two alternates, which is uh, quite a bit of a change from last year uh, when uh, it was just yourself, Josh, uh, Mitch Kauke and the captain, Andrew Nebel. Um, Josh, this year has been a pretty strong uh, start and continuation for the Lancers. Uh, maybe take me through um, just the, the the day-to-day over there. How uh, have um, the first few races gone? Let's start with Western. Okay, yeah. So uh, Western, we were kind of, we had a training camp the week before. So it was kind of like high mileage. And again, it's the beginning of the season. So we're not trying to lower, drop that at all or anything like that. So we want to keep the mileage high and the workout's still um, pretty intense and long. So we kind of went into Western a little tired, um, but wanting to still give a good effort to kind of like see where we're at. Some of us like haven't raced in a couple of months, so it was kind of cool to see um, where we're at. Um, and I don't think it, it didn't go exactly how we wanted to, but uh, we still, I think, had a strong showing and um, got us ready for the week after. Right. So you got it to the Western meet. Uh, this is right at the end of September. You finished 21st overall as an individual, just around um, your teammate Nick D'Alessandro and kind of where you had been finishing uh, the year before. Um, but you, I think you really start, as individually, you started turning some heads a few weeks later. You had a solid one in Chicago the week after, but it was in Hamilton mid-October where you finished pretty high. I think you were fourth, is that correct? Yes, yeah, fourth. So you're fourth and you're ahead of guys like Max Turek, Isaiah Freelink, solid um, established all Canadians and some national team members and had a few people thinking 
who is this guy finishing fourth? So did, did you, did you know you had one like that coming? Um, yes and no. Uh, like I've never kind of, I've never been up there or anything like that. I haven't been in the top pack or I haven't really put myself in a position where I can run with those guys. So, um, after Chicago, like I felt good, but there was still like, um, a lot of things I kind of did wrong that I didn't really like about my race in Chicago. So we kind of went back to the drawing boards and I thought, uh, well, Hamilton's kind of the last race before uh, we get into the championship season. So why not kind of take a chance and see what happens? And, uh, it paid off. Like I just thought I'd go out with the lead group and hold on for as long as I can. And yeah, it worked out. Definitely. Nice. And then two weeks later is your OUA championship and you must've gone into it with a new level of confidence, would you say? Oh yes. Yes. We would kind of know that like, um, again, like since, uh, I never really ran with those guys. It was kind of cool to um, do that on that course. And then, yeah, two weeks later, come back and try to run against some of these guys again. Of course, like some of the uh, big teams weren't there, like Queens um, and uh, Guelph. But once they showed up, it was kind of nice to put myself in the mix like that. So I kind of thought I'd do the same thing I did at Hamilton and go out with them and kind of hold on. Right. And then an obvious success for you. And for the team, uh, 10th overall for you. So second team, uh, uh, all conference. And uh, as for the Lancers, you almost hopped onto the podium. Tying Queens with 83 points for third place. Turns out they get you in a tiebreaker. So that puts you mm. down to fourth. But now you are, you're sitting in, in um, a pretty good spot. Uh, the Lancers collectively are in seventh place ranked going into the national championship. Um, after not even sending five guys last year uh what's what's the atmosphere like around the guys team over there oh well yeah well, we're we're very excited very excited um in uh, september we kind of all sat down and uh kind of came up with a team goal and the team goal was to um send a team to esports so kind of like all season we kind of just directed our goal to that to um for us it's if you come top four at OUAs you get to send a full roster of seven guys so we uh that was the goal from day one was to get in that top four position. And then we all started talking in Chicago and uh, the night before the race. And we kind of just reevaluated our goal and what it was, what we wanted to do for the season. And um, a couple of us ended up saying like, Let, let's shoot for third. Like, yeah, fourth's the way to, is what we need to go in, but why not kind of push it a little bit and try to grab a medal. So I think uh end of the day, we're happy with, even though we did, lose to a tiebreaker we're happy to take that fourth position because that was the goal since day one was to send a full team to U sports so uh, definitely and you mentioned day one um and and by day one let's say we mean early this season but i think for people to fully appreciate um the reality of the lancers right now uh, i think we have to take it back a little bit um so let's take it back to last year uh, 2018 Windsor has uh, a great history, a uh, very successful program, perhaps the, the, on the men's side, after only Guelph, uh, the most winning cross-country program in the last few decades. Um, and last year, we have three people, three men at the U-Sport Championship. Indoor rolls around, uh, a few of you guys. So, for example, yourself, I think you run a PB in the 3K, uh, 838, was it? Yes, yes, 838. Yeah. And then you have Brendan Simone, who's a, a second year last year, who's hitting his stride. Uh, we know that Captain Andrew Nebel is leaving, but we have a few second, third, fourth years that are, are gaining in speed, as second, third, fourth years usually do. Um, 
And you get out of the out of the uh, indoor season with new PBs, and I'm guessing you're motivated for outdoor. Um, so the plan for you and for other Lancers uh, was to have a good outdoor season. So um, naturally, there's a training camp. Um, so you guys decided to go to Oregon. Um, could you let us know who um, the athletes were going to Oregon? Okay, yeah. So the athletes that came with us was uh, Jeff Tweedle, um, Cole Hannum, Nicholas Falk, Steph Audia, uh, Nicholas D'Alessandro, Joe Kagumba, and then myself, the eight of us. I think that's everyone. Okay. Um, and and then uh, Coach Gary Malloy, yeah, he came up with us uh, um, to Oregon. Right. Um, so your plan over there was to, was it focus on a few 1500s, I believe? Yeah, yeah, we're going to try to, uh, that's my favorite race in the summertime to run is the 15 right now. Um, don't really want to jump up to the 5k quite yet. So, uh, the plan was to race, uh, two 15s down there and kind of just like we were cut, we only didn't do too much uh, of a base cause, uh, the indoor season lasts a little bit longer. So I kind of just wanted to see where I was at. So try to get some fast 15s in, but didn't really have huge expectations for them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course when you get down to Oregon, it's, uh, not just the, the races that cause surprise, but, um, Definitely a difficult moment uh, and very much an unexpected moment. Um, of course, Coach uh, Gary Malloy uh, passed away mid-while um, while you were down there. Um, when this happened, do you recall um, where you were at the time? Yeah, so actually it was, a, um, it was a Thursday and we were racing on the Friday. So um, the Thursday, like we knew, he went out for his, uh, went out for the hike and, uh, we kind of, he kind of just told us before we left, like, hey, like, if I, um, I'll let, I'll come back, but and we'll drive over to the track and we'll do some strides and stuff like that, go for a little shakeout, um, da da da, da. and then after like a couple hours go by, and I think I I can't I couldn't tell you the time I can't remember now, but um, we just started calling him because he didn't come back uh, when he said that he would come back, so then we just started we thought we'd just go out and look for him, maybe his phone died or something like that, or who, who knows? We just thought we'd get in the car and um, go and kind of look for him. And then uh, we came after looking around for about, uh, let's say an hour, we finally came back to the, the house that we were staying at and just to see if he did come back and his phone died or anything like that. And then um, came back for a bit, uh, wasn't there. So then we uh, ended up hopping in, a, all of us hopped back in the car and we just thought we'd head over to the track because we thought maybe Gary would... Uh, drive out of the track if he was running late and then we could just see him there so we left him a note saying that we went over to the track we didn't know if his phone died or anything like that so then we kind of started driving all, all the way over to uh the track that we were looking out for the week and uh we're gonna do a little pre-comp little shake out and everything like that and then uh um we got a we got a phone call back from actually uh it was gary's phone uh the police uh, police officer picked up and kind of just uh told us the news what happened and everything like that. So I, again, I couldn't tell you the time that it happened um, that we got the phone call, but it was a good, uh, good three, four hours after it happened. So at this point, um, you're in Oregon and you have a few more days to train uh, with the group. Your flight is only in three days, four days, I believe. Um, it was on a Thursday. So we flew out the Saturday to come back home. Okay. So, 40 about 48 hours 
was still in Oregon. Of course, and, and uh, uh, being a part of the program, you know, I was part of the network of phone calls that, that ensued afterwards. And the, the news spread like wildfire, of course, throughout the program. Um, and for the athletes who were still there, there was a decision to race on the Friday. I believe half decided to race and half just did not feel up to it. Is that correct? Yes, yeah, yeah. Some guys wanted to still and some just uh, wanted to come and support uh, the rest of us that decided to race. So a few days later, you get to go back home. And, um, of course, there's a funeral. Um, many people at Windsor, and I, I remember telling uh, a roommate of mine, Nick McMacken, you know, it'd be difficult to fit in so many runners in a church in any other manner. Um, it was just a, a ceremony that, that I think most people will never forget. And as for the team, as for the people who decide to stay in Windsor like yourself for the summer, you, you turn around and find yourself uh, without a coach. So what was that feeling like? Yeah, it was actually, uh, it was really hard um, to kind of find someone that can come in and coach you after something like that happened. And it's like, well, there's still a season and um, like three days after, uh, four days after when we're back, it's like, okay, we got a practice to do. And um, Nick Falk was one of the guys and that stepped up and um, Anna Patterson, uh, Steph Audia kind of stepped in and helped me make some workouts out for us. And yeah, I, uh, I, I worked out for about, it was two weeks and then I did one race when I came back and then I just found I kind of needed to call her a season. It was just a lot to kind of get back on the track and do workouts and try to look forward to doing racing and stuff like that. So I thought I'd kind of, I headed back actually home to um, my hometown and just uh, took a little, um, called the season early and took a little break from it. Mm -hmm. And in those times at Windsor, uh, um, people like Nick Falk, who had been in the program for many years, he's a Windsor native himself, and, and Steph Aldea, who had come back from competing in the NCAA, both 28, 29-year-olds who uh, were competitive on the national stage, uh, and Anna Patterson, of course, the one of the coach at uh, Windsor, really had to pick up the slack in the summer um, with uh, you know the gaping ax absence of uh, Gary. As for yourself, um, you took a few weeks. You decided to to regroup and get ready for cross country. And if anyone has been following you on Strava in the summer, started noticing hmm, this Josh guy is putting in some some pretty decent mileage. So it seems like when after the break you came back, it seemed like things started clicking for you physically at least. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like I um I knew when I was gonna. It was middle of May. I think I decided to finally uh, call her a season and. Um, at that point, I did only take a week off. I uh, I knew if I took a little bit too long, it might a week might turn into two, might turn into three, then four. So I um I decided to start just running again, like just just about five days a week, just to kind of maintain that fitness that I had, and then didn't want to lose anything, and wanted to keep that like motivation and that rhythm going. So um, yeah, since then I kind of just slowly started to build, and then in July is when I really started keeping track of my mileage and making sure that I got it high for the upcoming season. And as for the training that you were doing, uh, was anyone ad advising you or how were you deciding uh, on how much to run per week and, and what to do every day? Um, for the for the first part of it, I kind of just went off a of feel. Um, if I needed a day off, I took a, took a day off. If I uh, thought I could go a little bit more one week, I'd go a little bit more one week. And it kind of just came down to like... Um, the coaching that I've had for the last three years and um, what Gary's kind of taught me um, what to do and how to 
how to have a base season and what feels comfortable, what doesn't. Um, if I'm doing too much, am I doing too little, too little type of thing? I just kind of learned from my first three years. Mm-hmm. And when you did come back to Windsor, so you're back in, in September for your, your fourth year of school, and um, this kind of happens with, with many people. A few, a few of, the, of your teammates are in Windsor for the summer, but many of them uh, go home. Mitchell Hyank is from London, Nick D'Alessandro being from Hamilton, um, and um, many people from Ontario, but not necessarily from Windsor. When you did come back, was there a bit of uncertainty as to how things would operate? Of course, the cross-country coach is not there. Um, a, a little bit, yes, at first. Um, we all kind of trusted that um, we'd have people fill in. Like uh, We knew that uh, um, Colin would kind of put us in a position where we'd have a coach, and Anna Patterson, we knew, would stick around and help us out. And then all of the alumni that are still in Windsor were showing support and uh, yes, no one can replace Gary, but um, it was nice to kind of come back and still have that support that uh, you get being a Windsor Lancer. So um, yes, we I'd say we were a little nervous, but um, as we kind of started getting what the workouts would be, what we'd be doing day to day, that kind of it eased us a little bit. Mm-hmm. And Colin being uh, Colin Inglis, who started coaching at Windsor two years ago, I believe, um, when when people came back onto campus, was there a team meeting? Was there kind of a, a bit of a feedback loop between yourself and Colin? Because of course, Colin has a, a whole lot of coaching background, but most of his coaching background is on the track and not on the trails. Um, was there is there a lot of communication between both sides? How did uh, that um, sort itself out? Yeah, um, yeah, we kind of like we still did everything we do every year. We had our team meeting on the Tuesday and. Um, the first Tuesday that we got back and got to meet all the incoming rookies and uh, first year athletes and back again, like with uh, people that we haven't seen all summer. But yeah, I think for when it came down to coaching and what the workouts would be, we still had a lot of the um, the training that uh, Gary taught us and stuff like that and on memory. So they kind of looked through that and um, the coaching staff and they, they really listened to us athletes on what kind of workouts that we wanted. Again, like we're... Um, we have a lot of fourth year athletes this year, so they kind of are. are we could kind of give our input of what we wanted to do. So um, Anna and Colin really listened to that, and then they'd look through the workouts that they had and kind of come up with a formula that would work for us. So yeah, and it's clearly clearly been working uh, quite well. Um, aside from yourself, who's had, of course, an excellent uh, breakout season. There's been Mitch Kauke, who's been uh, running probably his best since uh, getting into university. Uh, is, is, does it get easier um, despite losing the, the prominent figure on the team when a few people are running well? Can you feed off each other? Oh, yeah, for sure. Like we, uh, We're a tight group, um, all of us that are going to U-Sports, so we kind of just been um, – we, we kind of knew coming, coming in that it would be tough um, without having Gary here, but – um, that's, I think, kind of fueled us in a way to kind of support each other and like look out for each other and make sure that, hey, like you're doing the proper stuff. And um, when it came to workouts, we would push each other and hold each other accountable. And um, so, yeah, I think that as that all kind of came together, it kind of factored into our racing and uh, how we performed. And we know that the Windsor Lancers are, uh, are a tight gang. Um, 
six of you cross country slash track runners are living in the same house uh, in California, just right close to the track. Is that house holding up, uh, or is uh, is it getting pretty messy at this time of year, championship and midterm season? Oh, um, I, I think we're staying on top of things, um, for sure. We knew we know that school is important, so we're trying to stay uh, on top of all of that. And like, uh, um, we do have little competitions when it comes to mokes and things like that. So we want to try to um, make sure that we focus on our studies in order for us to not have that little bit of stress when it comes to race day. So. Um, a lot of us, like this week, we're making sure that we're getting all of our studies done before we, we hop on that bus. And yeah, we might have to do some stuff in Kingston, but um, got to get it all done in order to have a clear mind going into the race. Right. And I see, I keep following uh, your your uh, multiple accounts on social media, all those guys in the same house. And I, I keep seeing this, uh, this hashtag come up, uh, the soup gang. And I see pictures next to that hashtag of different soups most of which are coming from that house. Can you tell me a bit more? What is this? What is this soup gang? The soup gang. Okay. Um, so uh, coach of the um, Waterloo, Alex Allman, actually, who's a Windsor Lancer alumni. Um, it came from uh, Joshua Zillies was messaging, talking to him over the summer and kind of like uh, was talking about the upcoming cross country season and said, Allman, can you give me, well, Alex Allman, can you give me any tips? Like, how do I, um, how do I get to U Sports? Like, what what's the what's the mileage I got to do? What's the um, what do I got to eat? What do I, how do I prepare for this type of thing? And then so Alex kind of said to him, so do this such and such amount of mileage, and make sure you take a day off every now and then. Um, make sure you're doing weights, things like this. And then said soup, said soup. Um, be making soup be making soup um at least once twice a week and uh it'll keep you from getting sick and even if you do get sick it's only gonna last a couple days so that's what our team thing's been kind of going is that drink or have a bowl of soup once or twice a week in order to make sure you don't get sick or to make sure you have a good season so it's kind of been it's funny how it's almost worked out and it did start with josh zilly he's my roommate and then it kind of just one guy took it and the other guy took it, but it's got to be homemade. It can't be like bought out of a can or anything like that. You got to make it from scratch. So. Homemade soup. So I never knew Zillies as a, homemade as a cook soup. or almond as a cook. So are they, are they palatable at least? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and has it worked? Have people gotten sick? Um, that I know of, no, like we haven't had, um, a lot of guys having to sit out of practice or anything like that. And even if they have, like I haven't, noticed it much so it must have only been um a day if that that they uh they've been sick so yeah soup gang soup gang so this is your official advertisement for homemade soup sponsored by the windsor lancers mm-hmm. uh-huh. yes. well i hope it keeps working on until the end of the weekend um and as for the weekend i'm gonna ask you as uh oh well, i guess first from the the team the team perspective um ranked seventh you're going into it you were sixth in 2017. Last year, there was no team. And this year, the Lancers are back. What would be deemed a success for the Lancer men this year? Success. Um, well, the fact that, yeah, we didn't get to go last year. I think the fact that we are there is like a huge success for the season. But for the the day itself, we're, we're aiming to do better than our rankings. Um, we think that we, we don't think we showed all of our cards at a OUAs. I think we still did very well at OUAs, but I think we've got still a lot left to show. So hopefully we can kind of bring it in. Yeah, do better than our 
do better than the ranking of seventh. And as an individual, you're coming in it with a 10th place finish at the OUA championship. What can that translate to at nationals? Yeah, I, I don't know if I can put a number on it, but uh, I am going to be kind of doing what's been working in some races and I'm going to try to go out hard and uh, make sure that I uh, don't leave it, don't leave it too late type of thing and make sure I take some chances a little bit early on in the race and make some moves when I need to make some moves. So um, hopefully I can uh, feel a little bit better than I thought at OUAs. That was a, it was a hard race to try to get through, but um, yeah, just, uh, just be tough. Well, you were 86th last year at the U Sport Championship. One year later, through a lot of adversity, you are poised to finish much higher than 86. So, Josh, congrats on getting to this point, and congratulations to the Lancers to, for uh, getting to U Sports in this good condition. And I wish you and the team all the best. And thanks a lot for coming on. Awesome. Thank you very much, Alex. Have a good one. Thank you so much for listening. If you don't already, be sure to subscribe to the U newsletter, a free column about U Sports cross country and track and field at usportsthexc.substack.com. We are looking to carry on into the track season and beyond. Also, be sure to subscribe to our parent publication, The XC, also a free service. You can find it at thexc.substack.com. Also, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at VXCORG or phonetically VXCORG on all social media platforms. Again, this is Alex Sear, and I will be in Kingston this weekend on the U Sports live stream. You can find the stream on tracky.com, and I'll also be conducting interviews and looking for some cool stories. So come say hi, and good luck to all.